Well, I must say, it's a, it's, um, well, good morning, everybody. It's been a bit of a, like I must admit, just a bit of a scratchy morning with all our programming. I apologise for that. Um, but welcome, but we're here, right? And, uh, and great to see your faces. And as, as we mentioned before, there's uh, like a whole bunch of people who aren't here out having fun out at Somerset and, and prayerfully, hopefully, you know, that uh, God, well, God is out there as well, of course, but yeah, they're having a great time and, and doing some great things. All right, so... This week we are into the um, second part of our guardrail series and uh, we are looking this week at about uh, proximity, about what happens with people around us. Uh, This is actually a pretty cool series. I I really love, I guess, like a lot of what the Bible talked about and what particularly Jesus talks about and, you know, there's other other Bible characters as well, but about living wisely and, and how the... Uh, the, I guess the impact of, of living wisely and, and you know, living like God directed and wants us to and how that can improve our quality of our, of our everyday life and, uh, and that sort of stuff. And certainly this is guardrail series is, is a bit of an attempt to just try and dig deeper in some of those things. Last week, Pastor Sean opened it up uh, and talked about uh, what a guardrail is, about um, directing and protecting. And like I said, this week we're going to to go a little bit deeper into what that looks like. So, to start with, uh, just going to go back and revisit um, a definition of a guardrail. So, this is like when we're looking at road uses and we found a few, um, you know, barricades and, and guardrail type things up the front here just to make sure that you sort of really get the picture of what's going on. Uh, but a guardrail, if we're looking at it in a road use purpose, somewhat you could define it as this it's a system designed to keep vehicles from straying into dangerous or off limit areas. A system designed to keep vehicles from straying into dangerous or off-limit areas. Now, one very important thing, and this has a fairly strong parallel to when we're using the road use uh, guardrails to personal road guardrails, um, and that is a guardrail is is built and placed in an area of safety. All right, so it's actually not a guardrail is not off the edge. Okay, a guardrail is on the edge, but it's actually still in the safe zone. So, so if you hit a guardrail, then it's going to save you and you are going to be main, you are going to be able to maintain your safety uh, even if you do get a bit uh, bit scratched up and you have a few bruises and abrasions all right personal use so this is sort of where we're sort of drawing a little bit of a parallel between a, a guardrail uh, in a, something that we might be able to put into our personal lives uh, and and I think it's pretty it's pretty cool when you start trying to implement and think about how we can implement some of these things and the implications that it has and the benefits that it has for our lives. All right, so personal a personal use a personal guardrail standard or practice of behaviour that you will commit to. All right, so it's a personal thing. All right, it's not it's not about me imposing it on you or anything like this. this is something that you put in place for yourself. But it's something that a standard or practice of behaviour you commit to, so that when you violate them or it. Uh, it, it bothers your conscience. So basically it's a place where you can go, you know what, I've gone far enough. And if I step across the line, I'm getting very close to the edge. All right, so that's what we're talking about guardrails. Now, I guess the thing about guardrails is, does this work? And so I, um, I, I as you do, you, you jump on YouTube and then end up spending way too long because there's little things that just sort of interest that you, uh, sorry, little things that interest you. However, um, what should I say here? If people, if people are a little, have a little bit of a weak stomach, don't watch this next clip that I'm about to show. 
But this is, this is a, uh, a demonstration of how a guardrail works. Okay, there's a little bit of twist to this. It's fairly predictable what's happening next, I guess. All right, so, so as we can see here, this is the European Rally Championship. Um, uh, this guy here, obviously, right about now, is very grateful that there is a guardrail, correct? Uh, because things may not have turned out. In fact, you just keep watching this. I don't know. He obviously had that sign prepared. So like, you know, like, <laughs> all right, he's okay, man. Like, like, did he anticipate this? I don't know. Is, he, is this his first drive? I don't know. Like, why did he have that anyway? Obviously, there's a little bit of procedure there. But, but yeah, you, you can look at that over and over. And every single time you look at that, you think, oh, my goodness, what would happen if there was no guardrail in place? Uh, and if you look at, obviously, if you saw that car after they pulled that, after they pulled that out of the mess, and you saw it sitting in a yard somewhere or on the back of a truck somewhere, you'd go, oh, look at the damage on that, you know, nasty. All the paint scratched up, all the panels, you know, the panels on that left-hand side are all sort of out of shape, and you can think, mm, bit messed up. But of course, knowing where it was, that's not messed up at all, right? Like that's in pretty good shape for what it was. That's that's actually in pretty good condition. Now, the thing about a guardrail, um, and, you know, I guess we say, do guardrails work? Well, yes, they do. You know, a well-placed guardrail absolutely works in a physical setting. And, in fact, I actually had, um, <laughs> like I said, you sit on YouTube and then they end up being there for a little bit too long. There's certain, um, there's certain rally championships around the world that, that don't have guardrails, and I looked at a few of them and I was going to show a few of those clips, but they didn't end like that. And I thought, maybe that's just not a good thing to show. Uh, and it was really messed up. But, you know... The difference between a guardrail and a no guardrail is is quite significant um, in a physical setting, and I believe in a personal setting. If you think about maybe yours or people that you know who are close to you, um, their biggest regrets are often dealing with issues that if they had have put some guardrails in place, if they had have put a few boundaries that were just that were just a step back from the edge. So if they tripped up, they didn't actually fall off the cliff, but they actually were caught before they went over. And if they had to put them in place, some of those biggest regrets that people uh, have in life may not be a memory at all, may just never existed, and they might have been, may have been saved from that. And the problem we have with, with guardrails, or with, I guess, with personal guardrails, and as we said here, culture doesn't... Culture doesn't encourage guardrails. If you look at media, if you talk to, you know, friends, um, all those sort of things, quite often what, what society does us to the edge. It tries to put us right on the edge. It brings us closer and closer. And it's like, it's like if there was a guardrail, if there's a cliff and a guardrail, it's like, well, let's try and live between where a guardrail would be and the edge of the cliff. Because that's sort of where it's perceived most of the fun happens. You know, living life on the edge. And if you're, you know, if you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much room and all those sort of comments that sort of, all those sort of um, little clips that come out. But society baits us. And it actually, you think about all sorts of, all sorts of areas. Um, and I'll go into two or three of those little examples here in a minute. But all those areas that it, it, it sort of pushes us right to the edge. But the thing about it is, when disaster does happen... Everyone thinks you're a fool. 
Everyone thinks, why did you do that? You are the fool that couldn't control yourself. You are the one that, that couldn't maintain the boundaries. And the problem is that little, bit, that little bit of area between where a guardrail probably would be and the edge that we sometimes think it's fun to live in is pretty much, you might live there for a little bit without falling off the edge, but you would say that it is more or less uh, unlikely that you will be able to maintain full control, that you will eventually, in some area of life, you will lose concentration and you will fall off the edge. And then society just goes, you're a fool. Why did you do that? Why did you do that to your family? Why did you do that to yourself? Why did you, why did you wreck what you had? Why did you let this happen? Why have you found yourself in this predicament? All those sort of things. What, and yet at the same time, they're, they're trying to, this culture and media and society try and bring us that close to the edge. Sean gave us a couple of these examples last week. This is a little bit of a recap before we get into some stuff that we want to talk about today. Uh, but these are some of the examples where society baits us, you know. Drink, but just drink responsibly. All right, does that work every time? Sex, wait until you're ready. Well, you know, or as long as no one gets hurt, those sort of comments. Like, consolidate debt, refinance. Not, you know, where are the real guardrails here? There's no real guardrails there. It's like, just, just, just get as close as you can to the edge. We're going to um, we're going to have a a little look this morning um, about some words that Solomon put in place and some of the things that he said in order to to put some of these guardrails specifically and like literally in our life, so that so that we can live a life that we don't have to look back on and go, oh, I wish I'd never. Why did I? If only I hadn't of. And we don't ask these sort of questions, but we can look other people in the eye that we've met along the way and have no problem with that. Or we can take our future wife or husband and meet that person without even having to, you know, without having any guilt or shame attached or whatever it might be. So today what we're going to talk about our friends and associates and the people that we hang out with. Obviously, if we're talking about the people we hang out with, and our friends, and choosing friends, and, and all that sort of stuff. You may very well just think, well, isn't that, like, isn't that being judgy? You know, isn't that judging people? Isn't that like, well, if you, you're saying, well, I shouldn't really hang out with that person, like, well, you know, I shouldn't, should, you know, put some distance between this person and me, like, does that mean that I'm becoming really judgmental? And I'd like to think, or I'd like to, to suggest that it's not about being judgmental about them, but it's actually being judgmental it's judging us. It's actually being judgmental on us and actually knowing where our limits lie. It's not going, well, I've got a problem with you and what you do, but it's more about you do you. I'm not here to, not here to tell you what's right or wrong. We'll leave that up to the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to put some boundaries in place and I know where my limits are and I'm going to draw some lines and I'm going to put some, barriers, some guardrails up so that I don't cross those guards, the, the, that line into potential danger. See, judgmental, if you're being judgmental, you're sort of assuming something bad or something about that other person, where if you're being about based on our own past, our own present and our own future. See what, see what I'm sort of saying the difference there? So I'm not talking about judging because it's true, like you sort of are you're making a judgment, but we're talking about making good judgments versus judging someone else and tearing someone else down. So I'm not talking about tearing someone else down, I'm not talking about... Um, you know, making out that they're the worst people in the world, but it's about making good judgments based on who you are 
and who you want to be and where you want to go. Uh, and I guess if we, you know, if we look at examples of this, uh, it's not probably too hard to find examples where, like, and if you're the parents in the room, uh, if you're a parent, you know, you've every parent I think has had along the way of their children's journey. Um, you know, it's like their kid becomes friends with certain people and, and their behaviours change. It may not even be all that bad, but you notice that other people have influence over your children. Or if, you, if you're still a young person, um, then, you know, you know that when someone else comes into your sphere of influence or your friendship circle, you know, you just want to be like them and you want to, uh, you want to um, yeah, be a part of that group and you end up talking like they do or you know, not even in a bad way but it just happens that your friends our friends influence us um, and I guess it's the thing that we talk about it's that that our that our friends it's the things it's the very thing that makes friendship so marvelous can also make it so hazardous let me explain just a little bit more on that before we get into a verse in Proverbs that we're going to look at today. Obviously, when you're with your closest friends, and the closer your friends are, the more influence they have over you. When you're with your closest friends, then you, you drop your guard, right? You actually, you actually become like one of them. And because, because you think about it, if you had a perfect, if you had a stranger who, who you hadn't known before, who you've just met and you have no real like desire to get to know them, suggested that you should be doing something. And look, that happens. Like people come up and go, oh, you know what you should do? You should, like, I've only just met you, mate. Like, what is, straight away you think, well, who are you and why would you say that? Like, and, and quite often there's, the walls go up. When someone tries to tell me what to do, I'm talking about Neil Redmond here, when someone tells me what to do, if I don't know them, I'm like, Maybe it's a good idea, maybe it's not, but I'm going to evaluate that. I'm not just taking your word for it because I have no idea who you are. I don't know, you know, where you come from or why you'd be suggesting that. Or what. So straight away, when, when, when you don't know someone, you, you're very sceptical of when someone's telling you, you should do this, you should do that. But when it's one of your friends, like, or a close family member or something like that, that you really respect, straight away, uh, it's, a, it's, much, it's a very different scenario. And it's just like, well, why don't we go and hang out? Yeah, okay, and we all just go along. And so friends, which are great to have, and of course you need great friends, and that's, that's awesome, but it's the thing that makes friendship so marvellous, as we've described it here, that can also make it so hazardous, that also can add such a, um, a negative spin to, to you know, our life and direction. Uh, because, as we said, we drop our guard, and often we take the path of least resistance. We, we just go along because they're our friends, and we don't, you know, we want to hang out with our friends. We don't want to not do what they are doing. We don't want to be seen as different to them uh, in, you know, in many ways. And so we just like to go along. So we need to recognise, I guess, first off, that it's the people who are closest to us that probably have the most influence over us. And potentially, it's even with those group of friends that we still need to have guardrails. Not to saying they're bad. We're not want to make, again, not making judgment on who they are or what they are like. But it's all about, hey, you know what, for my life, Here's where I want to draw the line. Here's where I want to put up a guardrail. All right, here we go. So Proverbs 13, verse 20. It says this. Walk with the wise and become wise. All right, first part of Proverbs 13, 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. Like probably I'm imagining there's no one here that goes, 
If you hang out with good people, if you hang out with wise people, you're going to, it's going to rub off on you. It's, you're going to be a part of that. If you hang out and, and spend time with the, the people who are making good decisions and positive decisions in life, then it's going to be a good thing. In fact, it doesn't even say um, you have to work on being wise. Basically, Solomon here is saying if you just hang out with them, you're just going to get better naturally. Unlike you guys who are doing year 12 right now, you have to study real hard, right? And, like It doesn't even really say you have to work on this. It just says you hang out with the right crew and you'll become like them. You hang out with wise people, you're just naturally going to just catch on. It's, gonna, it's, it's just going to become who you are. If you are with the right group of people, then you're going to turn out all right. Walk with the wise and become wise. And the thing about wise people, if you want to sort of run a bit of a, a definition of what a wise person is... Um, Here we go, just get that right. Um, a wise person or someone with wisdom, basically, and this is a bit of a definition, basically understands that everything is connected and they are able to connect things in their life. A wise person is able to understand that, you know what, if I do this today, it's going to turn up in my future. Or what I did yesterday is going to turn up in my present. That life is connected or what happens here in this realm of my life is going to turn up over there in that realm of my life. That, that everything we do is connected the past, present and future. What happens today turns up in my future. That's, that's sort of a definition of wisdom where it's making good choices and knowing that those choices are going to turn up later on. And if I can make some positive choices in my life today, then my life is going to be better off tomorrow. Walk with the wise and become wise. If I can hang out with people who understand this, if I can hang out with people who know that what I do today is going to help me tomorrow or what they get me to do today is going to help my life and their life tomorrow, then it's going to be a good thing. Walk with the wise and become wise. And I guess it, you know, at school, if you're a student or at uni, if you're a student, you sort of get to choose your friends, but sort of, yes, I know there's passion. quite often you don't get to choose who you associate with. Um, but the great thing about, I guess, a spiritual community, whether it's a refresh or a connect group or something like that or wherever you might hang out, if you get to choose your friends... And if you get a platform or an area in your life where you get to choose your friends, well, then that can have a really positive... This can be where this wisdom can come into play. That's a practical example, a practical way, practical way in which you can just hang out with people who are also wise, all right? Or who are certainly wanting wisdom, who are certainly wanting to have their life in a, in a position where, where they understand what happens today will turn up in, in the future. Um, and there's a saying, actually, that I, that I really enjoyed actually when we were running XP3 uh, a few years ago, uh, that it just stuck with me and you guys might remember it too, but it's, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Show me who you're hanging out today with and I'll show you what you're going to be like tomorrow. That sort of a concept, you know, and this is basically the, a similar sort of a thing. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. All right, the second part of this verse is, is walk with the wise and become wise, talked about that, for a companions of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm now of course of course of course of course so straight away you think okay if you hanging out with the wrong crowd like bad stuff goes down right it and and you've seen this like I think everybody's probably seen it with a friend it might have happened to you um I can honestly say it's happened to me in the past uh if you're a parent you might have seen your child do this at times but just get in with the wrong crowd and things start going south all right and that's a choice that we get to make um, and in fact, um, you know, I've seen it that parents are, are so 
adamant that this is true, that this actually happens, that they're prepared to change schools. They'd pull their kids out of a school and say, no, we don't want you with, because there's a whole bunch of people here that this doesn't work for, for us. Um, that they're, they're leading you in a direction we don't want you to go, so they're prepared to pull you out of a school and put you in a different school or move cities or whatever it might be. All right? So, so you see this, right? It's not, that's not too hard a concept to understand. Hanging out with the wrong crowd... Um, they're going to they're gonna suffer harm. They're going to become a fool. Now, we talked a little bit about what a wise person is. Now, here's the flip side of that. The flip side of a wise person, or the opposite to being wise, is being a fool. All right? Now, what would be a definition of a fool? And if you look at sort of a, some of the biblical type of a definition, uh, where it's described, Solomon describes in other places and different things, uh, but a fool knows what's right and wrong. Just doesn't care. All right? Doesn't give a rip. All right? But you can say, and this is what makes a fool a fool, right? Uh, you can say, hey, that's not a good thing to do, and they go, yeah. And like, what do you do with that? Right? If you could say to someone, hey, this is not such a wise thing to do, and it's not, you know, you're probably heading down the wrong, wrong track here, and they go, oh, I didn't realise. They're not a fool, all right? Because they're like, oh, my goodness, you're right. You know, how can I, how can I pull myself together, and how can I change things? I don't want, it, I don't want this. I don't, I don't want to follow down this route. But that's not what a fool does. A fool, you can say, hey, this is not a really great thing you're doing, and they go, don't care. Where do you go with that, right? So a fool, they don't join the dots like a wise person does. They don't, they, don't, they don't care about joining the dots. They don't care about going, all right, well, if I do make a bad decision today, that's really going to impact my tomorrow. That's going to make my life not so great tomorrow. They don't, that's just like, I don't care what happens today because I'm just going to live for today and what feels good today, I'm just going to do it because I don't give a rip about tomorrow. Like, and it seems fun at time, and, it's, and, it, and it is a bit like what I was talking about before. It's that, that, that little area between the guardrail, where a guardrail may be, and the edge. It's like, well, I'm just going to live life on the edge, and it seems a lot of fun, and I don't care about the consequences. A fool will eventually fall off the edge. That's just what happens. Like, he just can't control and maintain living life that close to the edge for any length of time without something bad going down and then when it go, bad something bad goes down I guess sometimes fools blame everyone else for that but reality is like they're going to live a life that's going to have some history and yet we can all move on and we stuff that we have to deal with and, and pain that we have to go through to come back out the other side of that and God you know through Solomon here is saying like I don't want you to live like that I want you to live a great life with, where you don't regret anything, that you don't have stuff like that happen in your life. I'd love for you to live a life that, you know, with, with greatness and, and to be able to help people around you and to live a, you know, a life full of joy and fulfilment and all those sort of things. All right. A fool doesn't give a rip. A fool doesn't care. But here's a little plot twist, I guess. Here's a little something extra that I think if we, if we go back to, to this verse... Uh, walk with wise and become wise. For a, for a companion of fools suffers harm. If we look at that, if we look at that part of that that second phrase, that second part of that verse. For a companion of fools suffers harm. It's it's actually not saying the same thing as the wise person. A wise person hang out with a wise person become wise. Right? He's actually Solomon here, who the Bible describes as a, you know wisest man who had ever lived up until that point, and I reckon probably still today. He says, if you're a wise person, if you're, if, you're a, if you're a person who wants to hang out with other wise person people, you become wise. But when it comes to fools, he's just saying, if you hang out with fools, not only 
fairly obviously will you be, probably become foolish yourself, but you will suffer harm. Suffer harm from what? Your own decisions? Or potentially, and I think very much, a very big potential, that you will actually suffer the harm of your foolish friends. So even if you yourself are making, you're not, okay, let's say, if you're in a group of people and you're, let's say you're not the most foolish person in your group, you know, you're just going along, I'll just, just go along with my friends even though I know they're doing dumb stuff, making bad decisions, uh, making decisions that they're probably going to regret later on. You yourself suffer harm from their poor decisions. If you're with a group, and you think about it, it's not too hard to think, if you're hanging out with people who are doing dodgy stuff, you yourself, even if you haven't made, if, even if you're just sort of tagging along, you're going to find, up, find out that you actually are going to suffer some of the same consequences that those very same people that you're hanging out with have put you in. Does that make sense? So it's not like just that you become foolish, but you actually suffer the, the consequences of their poor behaviour. A companion of fools suffers harm. That's what Solomon said, and it's actually not too hard to work out. It's a proximity thing. When you're hanging out with the wrong crowd, you just suffer the consequences of those decisions that those people are making. Here's a few examples. A friend, friends who aren't careful with their lives won't be careful with your life. Does that make sense? So when, when if you're with foolish people who don't give a rip about their life because they don't care what tomorrow is going to look like, they're not going to care about you. They're not going to be looking out for you. And you're going to be suffering, maybe not exactly the same, but similar consequences as what they suffer. Friends who aren't careful with their lives, they're not going to be careful with yours. Friends who don't care about their marriages, for those people who are a bit older or, you know, once you get to that place, um, if you're a younger person, once you move into that, that area of, of your life, they're not, if they don't care about their own marriage, they're not going to care about yours. They're not going to be looking out for you. Friends who are responsible with their money, with their finances, they're not going to help you with yours. Friends who don't mind abusing their bodies won't mind if you abuse yours. Friends who break the law won't confront you if you break the law. Friends who lie and cheat, they're going to feel better if you are also lying and cheating with them. Friends who gossip behind people's backs. In fact, if you don't join in, they often push you away. And if you want to still be their friend, you've sort of got to join in to sort of be part of the group. You see it. You see it all the time. All right, so they're the sort of things, they're the sort of examples where you can go, hey, yeah, like, this is how it happens. Like, it's pretty, you know, when you start thinking about it, you're digging a little bit deeper. This is sort of how it goes on. This is how it happens. You can slice people. When you start to go down these paths, you just get dragged down. And you start suffering, suffering the same consequences, even, even if you think, I'll, I'll, I'll just go along and I'll just try and maintain my, my own integrity. I'll try and maintain my own wisdom, but I'll just hang out with that crowd. Like, you just end up being part of it. That's just sort of how it goes. In, uh, in Luke 7, Jesus says this. He says, Wisdom is proved right by all her children. In other words, time will tell. When it comes to wisdom, you don't even have to argue it. You don't have to have a debate. You don't have to sort of confront your friends and go well this and that and have this great debate about what's the right and wrong thing to do or how far can I go before I really get into trouble or all that sort of stuff but Jesus points out he says I'll tell you I'll tell you how you know wisdom I'll tell you how you can find wisdom I'll tell you how it it, it, it I'll tell you what it looks like and that time will tell 
the result, the wisdom is in the result, not in necessarily in the, you know, in the actual moment, although obviously that's where you've got to make your choice, but it's like time will tell, time will tell, I beg your pardon. There's other, there's other verses too, and there's sort of a bit of a paraphrase here, um, you know, Philippians 4 verse 8, it's longer than that, but basically the quick little paraphrase is, you know, think about stuff, think about stuff that is right and honourable, pleasant and pure, think about good things, that's, that's wisdom, like constantly moved in a positive direction. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, bad character corrupts good character. Like there's plenty of stuff that talks about if you hang out with the wrong crowd, you're going you're gonna to move in the wrong direction. It just happens. No matter how strong you think you are, not only you potentially become foolish like the fool, but you will just suffer the consequence. It'll just show up in your life somewhere. It'll be drama. If you're hanging out with that crew that, that, you know, that's not positive, there's just going to be drama in your life that you probably don't need. Now, I'm not saying you don't try and help those people. I'm not saying like you want to dish them all together and like God doesn't love them, nothing like that. In fact, Paul talks about, I think, Corinthians um, 5 or 6 or somewhere in there, he talks about, you know, those people who are closest to you, they're the ones you've got to be on, on your guard about because they're the ones that will actually have the most influence, as we talked about a bit earlier. Um, other people, you know, who do all sorts of crazy stuff, like, you know, God loves everyone and opens his arms and, and you know, and wants to accept all people. So I'm not talking about, you know, rejecting people altogether. I'm not talking about not trying to help them. But I'm talking about when it comes to you and your direction, we need to make a choice. We need to think about who is it that is close to us? Who is it who is in close proximity to our lives? Um, because that can have a pretty major factor uh, on on us so so we've talked about proximity we've talked about the wisdom versus foolish behavior or wise people versus foolish people um and we've put a bit of that sort of stuff together so i want to just finish off in the next few minutes with a few practical examples and these are only examples okay so this is not out of the bible these are just little practical examples that 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 i come across uh that's that might help us put up some guardrails some actual some Put some legs, I guess, on what we're talking about. Uh, and there's other things as well, and you can draw and you can draw your lines and put your guardrails up in whatever area of life that you think you need them. And if you think about it, you know, even while we've been sitting here and, and, and listening and talking together this morning, you might be thinking, you know what, there is an area in my life that I struggle with that I probably should draw some lines or put some, some guardrails up. Uh, and, and you can start thinking, well, if I had to put a guardrail up, if, I've just, if there's something that I've been struggling with that I just sort of keep falling over on, that I keep falling off the cliff and I keep finding myself in trouble on, uh, whatever area of life that might be, you might be thinking, well, where can I draw the line? What, what's the guardrail? And if we go back to that original definition of what a guardrail is for personal use, it's that, you know, it's that thing that we put in place, a barrier that we put in place so that when, when we cross it, before we fall off the cliff, so that when we cross it, our conscious lights up and goes, well, we're just going to take a little bit of a step back so that, so that um, we, can, we can not suffer that harm. You know, even if we fall over, we fall over, or even if, as we showed that rally car, or even if it hits the edge, you know, might be a few bumps, might be a few scratches, might be a few bruises, but it's not disaster. All right, so we'll go back. Thanks, Richo. Thanks for that. Um, here we go. Here's a few, these, I'll call these, I'm going to call these red light moments, okay? So this is like the, this is the guardrail. So when you hit this, a red light might come on. Now, of course, everyone drives around the traffic and you see red lights. So whenever you see a red light, you might be able to just 
you know, draw a little bit of a correlation there everywhere. There are little reminders. Maybe you might be able to make that connection. But here's a little red light moment. Here's a little thing that says, right, maybe this is time to stop. Maybe this is where I'm going to say enough is enough. Here it is. I'm going to have six or seven of these, I think. When your core group isn't moving in the same direction you want to be moving, red light. When your core, when the people, when, you know, the, the, you're in a circle, your close friends, your little group, whatever it might be, when they're going a very different direction, if that's the case, I'm not saying it's the case, you might have a really great and wise group of people, prayerfully, hopefully that might be the case. But if you find yourself, if you ever found yourself in an area where your whole group, where there's a whole bunch of you and they all seem to be moving in a different direction to the way you want to go, maybe there's a, a guardrail needs to go up. There's a red light. Maybe that's something that says, my conscience just goes, mm, big red flag, this is not what I want for my life. I want to live wisely. I want to, I want to live understanding that what I do today is going to show up tomorrow. How, how I act today is going to impact my future. All right, here's another example. You catch yourself pretending to be someone else all right, or, or trying to fit in, right? You, you, you're with a group of people and you find that it's not really you, but you just, you have to, you sort of got to do this just to fit in and just to be part of the crowd. If you ever find yourself doing that, you're probably pretty close to the edge. You're probably going in a direction that you feel, already feel uncomfortable going in, but someone else if, that you really aren't or you don't want to be, red light. You feel pressure to compromise your standards, your values, what you want to live, morally, whatever that might be. Financially, you feel pressure. So this is not talking about you have compromised because I think once you do compromise, you've probably fallen over the edge. You know what I'm saying? This is when you feel that initial pressure that, you know what, I'm being pressured by my friends around me to compromise or by one person to compromise or whoever it might be. When I feel pressure to compromise my values, red light. Couple more examples. You find yourself saying, I'll go, but I won't participate. Anyone ever done that? No, don't pretend that, right? right? Anyone ever done that before? Now, probably lots of us have all done that sort of thing before. You know, I'll just go along because all my friends are going along, but I won't do what they're going to do. I know sort of where they're going. I know what they're going to do, but I'm not going to do that. I will just watch. All right? However it happens... Red light. Now you think about that. Now I know this probably for some of us, you might think, well, I've done that before and I was, I was just able to watch. And I'm like, yeah, but if you're in the company of fools, like it's just bad stuff's going to happen eventually. And I'm not the father of a daughter, three son, four sons. How many of course. So I'm missing one. No. But you know, you think about it, or if you have a younger sister, if you're a young person, you have a younger sister and your younger sister says, hey, you know, a friend and I are going out with five blokes, like you'd be, what, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not, oh, we'll be right, we're not doing any bad stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just, there's a big alarm bells that can go off pretty quickly. But, but when it's us, we often think, oh, no, I'll be right. I can do this. I've got this. I mean, it's pretty obvious that you can think of different scenarios where you go, well, that's, that is dangerous. That's, that's not a good thing. Um... But if you ever find yourself, you know, I'm just going to go along because I really want to hang out with those friends. But I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to do it. Red light. Not because you've done the wrong thing, all right, but just, you just, it's just, it's questionable. I hope the people around me, my friends or my family, I hope they don't ever find out where I am or where I've been. And that could be physically. That could be online. 
There could be different scenarios there. But, you know, if you've got to start hiding where you're going or where you've been from your friends or from your family, like, just, just it's a big question. There's a red light right there. That just, you already know. I mean, you might, like I said, you might not have done anything wrong. You might not be doing anything wrong, but you're just moving so close to that edge. If you put a guardrail up, remember, you're taking a step or two back where you can live, I guess, in a little bit of peace and safety rather than going, oh, I want to be right on the edge. If your constant thing is the last one, your constant thoughts are at odds with how you'd like to live. So if you're thinking all the time, if you're going like, you know, if you're thinking bad stuff, whether it's like morality, it could be financial, it could be hate towards somebody or whatever. But if you're, if you're a bit, I'm not talking about like just a one-off thought, but I'm talking about if you're just, if you're a bit consumed by something that you know is not right, it's where you've got to go, God, help me, help me take a step back, help me to, to stop this. If you're trying to just continually think of ways that you can be above the law or cheat on something or what, you know, like, it's not healthy. Even if you haven't done it yet, it's still not healthy. Take a step back. Take a little step back so that you can put that guardrail in place. What if you could avoid the big mistakes in life? Now, the thing about that is, right, here's, here's the rub. It's a little bit of a rub, right? Because... If you said, hey, Neil, I'm going to do what you said. And I'm going to do what, what, not so much what I said, right, but what, what Solomon said to do. You know, walk with the wise and I'm going to avoid being a fool and I'm going to do great, you know, I want to be, I want to be wise. I'm going to put some guardrails in my life and I, I don't want to live right on the edge because I know if I live on the edge, I'm going to fall over eventually. I'm going to fall down the cliff and something bad's going to happen and then my life's going to be all drama and, and hectic for a long time of that. But I'm going to put these things in place and I want to live a really wise life and I want to live a good life. The thing about that is, you will never have a story to tell where you'll go, Neil, you're so right. Because, or, you know, like, I, you, or, or um, you'll never have that story to tell your friends where, where you can go, you know, I, I fully understand all the bad stuff that I avoided. Because you never went there. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's, it's if you live a good life, you're never going to really experience the bad, which is what we want. But if you look around, it's not too hard to see other people who don't make those wise choices. And you can start, but if you do look at, not in a judgmental way, it's all about like looking for out for you, but you, you can go, oh man, I'm so glad I don't have to, you know, I'm glad I made a good decision. I'm glad when I was a bit tempted in one area, when I knew I was heading in a poor direction, I was able to stop myself before I got to the edge and before I fell over the cliff. Broken relationships, finances, all, all sorts of stuff. Now, of course, sometimes we make those. Sometimes we make those poor decisions, you know. And the beauty part, beautiful part about that is that we have a God who forgives, and a God who can make us like brand new. And and, and but wherever we've come from and wherever we've been, to look forward to the future, to try and live a life of peace, a life where we can like live like God intended, like Christ intended. You know, I come back to this, this passage that Jesus said, you know, wisdom is proved right by all, the, by all the children. Time will tell. If we can begin, if we can begin to live a life, well, continue to live a life, not saying you're in a mess, but if we can continue, we can look forward to the future, if we can live a life of wisdom and we can live a life where we know that what we do today, the people we hang out with today, can help us in our future, 
and we can live a life that's you know live life to the full as Paul would describe it uh, we can when we were created and we can avoid some of those big traps and we can then are able to be in a position a to to live joyfully to, to enjoy life but also to help people around us and and help them in their journey time will tell time will tell mightn't happen exactly straight away just just like if you're hanging out with the wrong crowd you don't necessarily get into trouble on the first occasion but time will tell live live wisely and time will tell you will live a much joyful and fulfilled life and a life that God intended let's pray together heavenly father thank you thank you so much for your wise words thank you for Solomon thank you for uh, for other characters in the bible that you inspired in such a real and powerful way thank you that you have intended us to live a great life and I and I do pray I sincerely pray that all of us myself included in a major way that that we can put guardrails up on our play in our guardrails up in our life so that we can be protected by you and that you will help us in that process you will you know you, you will spark something in our mind in our conscious that says hang on this is probably getting too close turn around move away and uh, yeah I pray that we can live um, fulfilled and joyful lives thanks Lord I pray for all the people that are here I pray for our that you will, um, uh, yeah, certainly just fill your spirit with these uh, with these people, and that we can just share your love and your peace and the, the great uh, things that you have intended for us uh, with the with our community around us as well. Thanks, Lord. Amen.